Today, a new hero joins our party. And they take on an investigation to exonerate someone close to them. I am Chris. And I'm Matt. Welcome to Roleplay Chat. And welcome back to the Blood and Betrayal Campaign Diaries. We'll continue off where we left off yes uh, last time, not <laughs> yesterday. We will continue where we left off last time, with the heroes arriving in Middenheim, the city of the White Wolf. Yes, so they make their way through the gates uh, with the remaining survivors of Untergard from the, the travel. Mm -hmm. Also clutching in our hands mm -hmm. this ancient relic that Father Peter gave us before dying with uh, kind of this objective of delivering it to the Temple of Sigmar. And they don't lose time, they go pretty much right away uh, to the Temple of Sigmar with the relic. And upon entering the, the huge temple, one of the biggest temple in the whole empire uh, dedicated to Sigmar, they see in front of them a young priest of Sigmar tasked to um, welcome them. Mm -hmm. He doesn't seem to be too excited about his job, to be quite honest. He's sitting there, kind of like the gateskeeper or yeah, and host, almost, like at a restaurant. Yeah, and it kind of creates a, a weird uh, effect where all surrounding them is a big dome with big columns and carving of Sigmar. It's magnificent. And in the middle, there's a guy looking real bored. Like kind of picking at his teeth and just, yeah. He doesn't seem to be very interested in, do, in what he's doing. Uh, we approach him and say that we, we arrived from Untergard and that we need help to find uh, someone of, of important stature because we have a relic to deliver. Um, when we say we're coming from Untergard, he kind of seems to be a little bit more interested. He looks mm -hmm. to us say, Untergard, uh, what news do you bring from Untergard? And we kind of tell him about on the road and we were attacked by beastmen, etc. That a few people, few people died and it, casualties were suffered, including a priest of Sigmar, uh, Father Peter. Yeah, he, he seems to be really, really shocked by this news, and he actually informs the party that he should have been there. Uh, Father mm -hmm. Peter was actually his um, his mentor, or his... He, he was kind of like an initiate who was supposed to be working under Father Peter. So with this shocking news, the, the initiate jumps out of his chair, and he is clearly visibly frustrated. And he tells us, this isn't fair. I should have been there. I should have been able to be there with my mentor to protect him. Yeah, and he explained that he should, at this point, in his mind, be a priest. He feels like he is not being recognized for his value, for what he brings, for his experience, and that he was put there, and normally he would have been in Untergard with his mentor to deal with the threat. Mm -hmm. But instead, here he is, watching people come into the temple, doing you know, cleaning duties of the latrines or counting rations, things that should be given to very, very junior initiates, not something that he would be responsible for. Yeah, and his, this emotion of frustration turns a bit into sadness as he brings the group uh, of heroes to his supervising uh, priest, Father Morton. Once we meet Father Morton, we show him the relic that Father Peter left us. It was an old, valuable relic, kind of a, a stone plaque or a stone carving carving yeah. mm -hmm. with a golden frame with uh, symbols on it. And Father Morton sees it. Father Morton 
is uh, maybe in his 50s, uh, thinning hair, and he right away he like his eyes widened and he's like, oh, this 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 is something very valuable, as you said, and he almost like is dismissive of the hero and goes into his quarters and start like looking at him like, oh yeah yeah yeah, and kind of talking to himself, oh this is very valuable, this 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 is dwarven for sure, the frame is dwarven, but the the relic is so old, it was probably carved from a life portrait, meaning Sigmar was in the same room as this carving when it was made. So it seems to be like the relic is not only valuable in terms of material, but also like in terms of the relevance to the temple of Sigmar. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And and the heroes are, I mean, they're happy that they were able to help. Mm -hmm. um, they receive some compensation, monetary compensation. But before they can really talk to Father Morton more about the importance of this relic, a guard from the city watch approaches us into the temple or kind of walks into the temple and finds us and says that we need to go urgently to meet with the commander of the of the soldiers of the guards of Middenheim. Um, so we you know we follow along we say okay okay sure we, we say bye to, to Father Morton and as we're leaving Father Morton basically tells Ludolf he says Ludolf you should accompany them be be their host show them around the city and make sure that you know they they have someone who knows their way around town. Yeah, and, and that gesture is a gesture of uh, a good assignment compared to what he was doing. So you, we see that uh, the Father Morton and this initiate, Ludolf, uh, are in good terms. So we, we follow the guard, we, we talk a little bit more to Ludolf about, uh, about his life and, and things, and we become close with him. Uh, well, as close as you can, yeah, yeah. I guess, in a short period of time. And we get to the city guard hall, and we meet with, what was his name? Commander Ulrich Schutzmann, the commander of the city watch. So there's mm. like three commanders of different things, but he's in, in charge of basically the guards. And because of what's happening around the city, the city is under martial law at this time. So he's, uh, and Count Todbringer is actually, uh, actually left with the army. So he's in charge in a lot of things right now. He's mm -hmm. a high-ranking officer of the city and basically he tells them that he wants to know he heard about elves uh, so he, he kind of talked to captain schreider previously and learned that there was something with elves in the forest yeah. and he wanted to talk to the heroes to see how many where when exactly the details regarding this and as he's talking to us we give him as much information as we can you know there was the ambush they they captured someone from our group and they were they wanted to take her away mm -hmm. um we're giving him, we're, we're cooperating entirely with what he needs. And then there's a knock on the door. And uh, a little a little guard comes in, kind of ignores the heroes and go murmur in the commander's ear. Mm -hmm. uh, give him um, a piece of paper and leaves. So that's when the commander stands up and is like, uh, do you know someone called Hans Bomer? And Randall's like, yeah, yeah, he's my dad. Uh, he traveled with us, and the commander says, well, I'm sorry to tell you, but uh, Hans Bomer has been arrested because uh, we found Father Morton dead, and the relic that you apparently brought is gone, so he was arrested for murder and theft because he was the last one to see Father Morton alive. To add to the drama, the commander informs the party that really there's, there's nothing he can do. He has too few resources to investigate this case properly. And if no 
no kind of information or evidence is provided to him to prove Hans Bomer's innocence in the next two weeks, he's going to hang. Yeah, because under martial law, they can they, they don't keep prisoners for unresolved case and stuff like that. It's really strict. So at this point, Randall, again, poor guy, he's just... <laughs> yeah, he's not having a great First week. the death of, of Granny, <laughs> now this news about his father potentially being a murderer, potentially being a, someone, you know, stealing valuable artifacts. I mean, Randall maybe doesn't have the best relationship with his father, but he certainly doesn't think he's a murderer. No. He certainly doesn't think he's a thief. Mm -hmm. So he's he's shocked, and he kind of tries to voice that. He kind of tells the party, no, there's no way he, he wouldn't do this. He wouldn't do this. And the others believe him, you know? Yeah, they, and even, it's good to mention, Ludolf, who was in a good term with Father Morton, another death, like, right away. Yeah, people, people keep falling left and right. And uh, he's like, he wants to investigate because he wants the, the true culprit to be, to be, uh, to be hanged, basically. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. he believes, Lu uh, he believes Randall, and he's like, we're gonna, we're gonna take this assignment. So we, we, we tell that to the commander. We say, we're going to look into this and we'll come back with any information we find. And obviously the first thing we decide to do is return to the scene of the crime. So we go back to the temple with, uh, with Ludolf guiding us along the mm -hmm. way. And we work our way into the office of Father Morton. Here things seem to be, you know, kind of ransacked mm -hmm. pretty good. Um, the, the body of Father Morton has been taken away, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, actually, no. No. No, it's still there. It's still there. Great. So <laughs> Yeah, it's still there because I remember uh, Randall making a medicine check mm. uh, and seeing that uh, around his neck, there was some veins with the weird like coloring. Oh, yeah. Discoloration, yeah. dark, mm. uh, kind of congodulating. I don't know. The blood thickening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and we also find a small metal shard. Looks like uh, something that would have come out of a blow dart or maybe mm -hmm. the tip of an arrow. We, we look at it and it looks foreign to us. It, it definitely doesn't resemble the arrows we would use. And it definitely doesn't resemble the green skin arrows that Randall mm -hmm. saw the other day on the crossroads. So yeah, we, it's metallic. Uh, it's metal and it has kind of a like container, an empty like little, mm -hmm. I guess, yeah, a little container. Uh, that seemed to have injected Father Martin with something. And obviously the, the relic is gone, this important relic that Father Morton was so happy to find. And we're, we're not quite sure what to do. We, we look around the room. I think it's Ungram that has the idea to look out the window. And we actually notice, because we're, you know, we're a few stories up, that below on the ground in the, in the streets, there's like mud and puddles. And within it, we notice footsteps. We take a closer look and notice that these footsteps aren't human. They're not like a boot or a feet, but they're some kind of creature, humanoid, bipedal creature. Yeah, um, and because of the news of all the beastmen, the, the heroes are like, maybe it's beastmen, but it's kind of small and it's there's kind of like nails uh, almost mm -hmm. in, the, in the rocks. And they're not quite sure what it is, but they take, uh, I think they draw... Uh, on a piece of paper what it looks like and at this point we're not too sure where to go next but we figured this sounds like a shade like someone shady did this mm -hmm. maybe let's try to find a place where there might be shady people yeah and also it was because you arrived and then you did all of that it was getting very late at this point 
Uh, so mm -hmm. you wanted to go see the, the, the scene of the crime right away, but now you're getting like, yeah, the rest of the investigation is going to have to wait a little bit at least. So you find a, a place to, to sleep uh, called the Last Drop a Tavern, where Umgrim knows the bartender, actually, mm -hmm. and uh, the barmaid. So we, we speak we speak to them, and, and Umgrim has a good talk with his, his old companion. They catch up. They tell stories about, uh, you know, Umgrim tells stories about Untergaard and the Beastman. He, he, he attacked several of them at once and blah, blah, blah. And even though he was wounded, he was able to take them down. And, and yeah. you know, it, it was fun. He drank some, some dwarven ales. The rest of the party probably couldn't have handled dwarven ales. <laughs> but, you know, we, we try to decompress a little bit. And we actually talk to, to Umgrim's friend about the, the paw print that we noticed or the, the footstep that mm -hmm. we see in the mud. And he is able to identify it as being Skaven. Yeah. So he, he mentions that there were some rumors lately about Skavens and the surrounding, but this is very mysterious. Mm -hmm. It's not something that even the people uh, of a city, um, they, all, they don't all agree that Skaven even exists. So it's kind of a revelation and the heroes will investigate more. So we finish our beers with this news and decide, let's call it a night. We've had a heck of a day. Uh, we, after drinking beers with Ludolf, feels like he's just another one of the members of the group. And this is where we will end our camping diary for today. All right, welcome behind the Game Master screen. Um, quick spoiler alert, there's going to be spoilers. Yeah, as usual. <laughs> uh, so, Chris, I have a little question ready for you here. Yes. Uh, might not come as much of a surprise, what? but uh, Ludolf was a player character. Mm -hmm. but he wasn't there for the first mission, for the first, first game session. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about his integration into the party? Like, Do you feel mm -hmm. like you did him justice by integrating him in the second game this way? Uh, do, you, do you think there was enough team synergy established through that one game session or was it something you were worried about? Yeah, that was definitely something I was worried about because uh, he was supposed to be there for the first game, but the player um, could not make it. So I had to like recycle some of his story and uh, I, I, I'm really happy with how I, I did it because uh, putting him as the like welcoming player uh, position the welcoming party for, for, for the rest of the heroes uh, basically showed some of his motivation on how he was bored about being there. He was not uh, motivated, uh, even though he was an initiate of Sigmar. And having you guys, I did not really plan the fact that you were just going to tell the guy in front <laughs> at the front desk that some dude died, yeah. uh, but it, it basically brought him right away in the action instead of maybe not tell him and just tell just telling maybe the the, the the leader I wasn't sure about how I would basically bring him in, in the story yeah. and him knowing this so he I was a bit worried about that but the way it happened was was I was really happy with it and then having uh, his um, his uh, not his mentor but his uh, supervisor yeah, yeah uh, being uh, killed another guy that he liked. Um, really, like bound, bonded the the group together. Yeah, I, I think you, I think you're right. And team synergy is obviously something that the two of us worry about a lot. Mm -hmm. um, did you have other ways to ensure that we work together? Obviously, the death of Father Morton 
wasn't yeah. one of them. But. Well, the other one was the fact that I want. I, I knew I was gonna take uh, a priest in power. Tell him like, go with them. Oh, because yeah, you're, yeah, he you're would right. rather escort people around the city than just stay at the front desk. Just at least he sees people. Yeah. So uh, that was a way that at least at the beginning he would follow them, and I would have to then make sure he stays with the group because at this point. He would, like you said, and previously clean the latrine and do like a bunch of a bunch of really uh, uh, mundane and not really uh, fun work. Mm -hmm. So, just if his if his uh, task was to accompany you guys, even if it was maybe just keeping an eye on you, he would be glad to do it. So that was at least for the beginning. So awesome. did you did you feel that way? Because the, one of the problems I had is the fact that. Having Hans Bomer being arrested was really good for Randall. Yeah, but but bad the other way, right? Like Ludolf might see, whoa, 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 whoa! This is the son of the guy who killed Father. Exactly, Martin. that could create some problems. So I, I was happy about like I think uh, the player of Ludolf kind of did an empathy check to see how Randall reacted, and that kind of also uh, brought the the group together. Yeah. But also, I was worried about the other players because I felt like. Uh, Ludolf was in the mission, Randall was in the mission, but then what was Diedrich, uh, Umgrim's and Otis' motivation to stick with Randall? Otis, I figured, their childhood friend, his dad yeah. is in trouble, sure. Then Umgrim, who's more of like, I want to battle. <laughs> that, yeah. that, that's kind of where the, the problem started with uh, team synergy. And it's going to become more and more... Um, uh, apparent, really, apparent, yeah, it becomes obvious later on. Yeah, and that's a problem I fixed as the story go, uh, story went. But did you feel it already? Like, did you have problems at this point? I I did feel it a little bit. I Diedrich at this point, finding himself in in Middenheim, in the north, had other things that he wanted to do. Obviously, he knew his master was in the north. Uh, he also had another letter. Oh yeah, that's true. We to, did not mention to deliver. Uh, I think it was to the the, the college. Um, yeah, the College of Magic. Like it's not a College of Magic, but they have like it's the Guild of Alchemist and something from the top of my head. I don't remember, but basically mm -hmm. the 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 Guild of Magic in Middenheim. So he was kind of. I, I he kind of wanted to go. He honestly, if it was safe to say, like I'm a wizard, I'm going to go do this wizard thing. Mm -hmm. He would have done it. Yeah, I think the only reason he didn't was because you know, oh, I still have to pretend to be not a wizard mm -hmm. to these people. Uh, yeah, and I really got the feeling that the second you had a reason to leave, you would take it. Yeah, mm -hmm. and, I, and I, I think I did. You kind of did, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it, team synergy is a tough thing to. It's a tough thing to to nail, especially when you have you know different people who have so many different motivations. Yeah, and at the beginning of a story like this. I feel like it, it was a good, well, I liked how I introduced this mission, but I wasn't sure about everybody's. And I, th I think I'm, to be honest, I think we're being hard a bit here yeah, because yeah, in course. most games, it's more like there's a dungeon, let's go inside and loot, right? Mm -hmm. So I still had basically three characters tied in out of a group of five. I think that's a pretty good ratio. Yeah, and I mean, mm -hmm. it was one of the first games even if we didn't have a reason, mm -hmm. we weren't going to... No. I mean, I can only speak for myself, mm -hmm. but 
I wasn't going to go and be like, no, guys, I don't want to do this thing. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it was still a bit like the, 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 the tale of me saying like, there's going to be some railroading. So stick with me for a couple of session. But yeah, that's, that's going to be, um, it's going to go better and better as, as we, as we advance in the story. Um, I was wondering on myself, like I said, I liked how I introduced it, but did you feel, feel, uh, like the mission was compelling that the fact that, uh, Hans Bomer, Hans Bomer being arrested, um, did you feel like you had power over your actions? Yeah, I, I think I actually really liked the way you introduced this to us. I think it really gave us the information we needed so mm -hmm. our characters could use their own agency to determine what to do next. And I think that this is kind of a sign of a strong game master. We'll definitely have a roleplay chat episode mm -hmm. where we dig deeper into how to use that character agency to mm -hmm. make... To, to allow your players to make choices in a you know given situation and mm -hmm. to use their motivations, but I think this was really nice because the the captain of the town guard didn't say, "Hey, I'm tasking you with looking into this. Go here, go there, do this." You know, yeah. he, he really said, "Wow, this guy's been arrested. Go for it. Do what you want." Like Randall yeah. clearly wanted to try to prove his innocence mm. because it was his father. He loved him, so. He made the choices himself. It wasn't a choice imposed on him, which yeah. I really liked. Yeah, and actually that was one of my worry because I didn't know I did not know how the player of Randall would maybe say, "Well, I have a not a good relationship with my yeah, dad, so true. hell with that guy. He's just gonna get killed, and that way we can do our stuff." I didn't expect. I, I thought he would want to prove his innocence, but still, um, it was it was a worry of mine. And you mentioned the fact that like it was pretty open. That's again another another thing that I worry a lot because some players like you really like the fact that I'm like, here's the situation, find your own way. Mm -hmm. And I'm I, I like that too. But I know players and even in our group, there's some players that prefer when I give like here's where you should go. Yeah. Right? Maybe yeah. go see the scene of the crime instead of you maybe talking for five to ten minutes among each other to figure out Maybe we could, you should go there. Mm -hmm. And players that do that, I, 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 have, I have a feeling that they would often just try stuff and hope that I would give them information like that directive where I'm more of a open in terms of, I, I, I give the what, but I don't give the how. That's, yeah, that's yeah. what I keep in mind. Don't give the how, because once you do that, well, once I do that, I feel like I'm imposing on my on my players. Yeah, so we can definitely, I think, Chris, mm -hmm. I think this is a lot of good stuff that we can save. There's Ooh. a lot more things we can dig into. Sorry, yeah, not yeah, save, yeah. But <laughs> we have a lot more to talk about for sure about mm -hmm. agency, but I think this was a really cool cool way to do it. Um, so stay tuned. We'll hopefully have an episode on that coming up shortly. Um, or not shortly. Anything. Eventually. <laughs> eventually. <laughs> um. I guess a, a, another a quick question for you, mm -hmm. Chris. Uh, we talked about in some of our other episodes that you know starting off in a big city can be hard mm -hmm. because there's so much going on. Uh, Middenheim, it's a big city. Yeah, it is. Um, it is, and again, that was one of the things that took me a lot of work. Uh, I used a, a pre-made adventure when starting uh, your adventure at this point. 
and it's called the ashes of middenheim and in this half of the book is basically description of middenheim hmm. and i know some people like to do create like world building like you you're yeah, more of a world building I, gm i love it so much fun yeah i i love building stuff but inside a lore that's already made for me because i love warhammer i love to stick with the lore um, so I basically did a binder with all the different locations. I had a map that I gave to Ludolf, mm-hmm. um, so that he could be your guide and that came useful later in the story. And, um, so I had to basically learn a little bit. I would go through the description and, uh, highlight in blue, uh, the people and highlight in orange, the description of the location and stuff like that. So I had to do a lot of work and I was afraid of basically forgetting something. Mm. So that's the problem with my pre-made lore like this. But I was really happy you guys stick to location that I knew you would go. But um, it came useful in in the future when sometimes you wanted to go somewhere, I would have opened my binder, it was pretty quick. I have like notes and I really liked running the rest of the adventure in Middenheim. But it's definitely was um, a it's a daunting but very imposing task on a GM to like mm-hmm. start with a big city like this. All right, so that was a great session. I really liked running and playing into in that session, and uh, it was basically a setup, um, arriving and then starting. It was the introduction of mm-hmm. Middenheim, and basically a mission, and a lot of intrigue is going to follow in the coming uh, Blood and Betrayal Diaries. So thanks for listening. If you're inclined to reach out to us, I strongly encourage you to to comment either in the YouTube feed down below. If you're listening to us audio only, uh, please feel free to reach out to us. We have an email address, contact roleplaychat, all one word, at Mm gmail.com. You can reach out to us there. You can also contact us on Twitter. It's roleplaychat with underscores underneath, or between, rather, each of those words. And for now, those are the only ways for you to, to reach out to us. But hopefully in the future, there might be more. Um, so thanks, thanks so much. I think that sums everything up, Chris. That's all, Matt. Let's call it a chat.